Dwayne Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here on this Wednesday, February 9th, 2022 edition of the show. We are about a day removed from the Knicks' uh, tragic loss against the Denver Nuggets. And uh, I say tragic because it looks like the season might be uh, at an end here. But before we get into that, let's hear, let's hear how my boy Nafi's doing. What's going on, man? That tells you everything right there, bro. I don't think I started off an episode this season yet with that that deep sigh. For a while there, when we first started out, I feel like I was like every other episode, the tank season, I remember. But uh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling, bro. Not not too good. I guess that's the general consensus feeling amongst Knicks fans. But um, how you doing, bro? How's life? Uh, life is okay, thankfully. Um, but I can't say the same for the Knicks. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of my emotion... Uh, is connected to the uh, win-loss record for the Knicks and how their performances are. That's that's how it's been for the last uh, decade and a half, pretty much. And uh, unfortunately, right now they're not they're not looking so hot. So um, I don't know where do you, where do you want to start? Because a lot of a lot of people are going crazy. We're we're seeing you know I mean takes me, left and right. Go ahead. Let me just sit and Jack, and I was just gonna say fuck all that, bro. Yo, what the fuck is wrong with Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> Like, I was we just get, wanted we to get into that. We, we get into yeah, I mean, that. I right. just wanted to like just just <laughs> dive right into it, bro. Let's do like, it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you've heard me. I'm a Tibbs fan. I was a uh, I don't, don't want to say staunch defender, like uh, the head honcho over at Next Film School. Shout out to those guys. I don't know if you heard of that episode where uh, Jonathan Macri and Jeremy Cohen did a whole very heated back and forth about the Tibbs situation. Very good listen, but um. I feel like a lot of I join a lot of fans that are kind of on Cohen side of things, and that's we need to be skeptical of Tibbs. I was more so a defender, but nah, you can't. That was some bullshit, bro. You can't leave RJ in the game when we're that. Like, there's no chance of us making a comeback. And because of that, because you left him in, or you brought all the young kids except RJ for whatever the fuck reason, like some chestnut checkers move he had in mind. You know what I mean? I don't know, but that shit was dumb, and I'm quite frankly just. If he's out for a period of time, for a long period of time, I'm, I'm gonna join the fire tips bandwagon. But that's just like emotion speaking. You know what I mean? Maybe a day or two from now, I'll get off the ledge. But nah, bro, that was bull fucking shit, bro. That's my immediate takeaway to Tibbs' move and just generally how I've been feeling about Tibbs over the last week or so. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think most listeners can just go back to pretty much all of our episodes since the tips higher and hear us at least give some form of support to Tibbs. I think this season particularly, we had some episodes where we're kind of just like, I don't know about that, but you know what? Tom Thibodeau is a reigning coach of the year, but no, when when the star player, and I'm saying star player now because that's what RJ's been, especially since the calendar turned 2022, if he's if he potentially has an injury and you know Ian Begley dropped the news that he's doubtful for tomorrow's game, and there's no real diagnosis that we got. You know, they're not really talking much about it. It looks like, you know, knock on wood, it's just a simple sprain that he just needs a couple of days to recover from. But any extended period of time, man, it's it's going to be Tiz versus New York City at that point. It's going to be fucking war. 
and yeah, he's gonna it, get booed. He's gonna be the next head coach to get booed at Madison Square Garden if if the if the losses start to pile up, and they will. You know, yeah. the Knicks are what seven games out of five hundred, and I think they're considered the underdogs for the next twelve out of thirteen games. They're playing tough team after tough team after tough team. They're on they're on a road trip right now. Um, it's not looking pretty for the next couple of months. And my immediate you know reaction for Tibbs doing that it's it's it was it was boneheaded. It made no sense, and it's it gives me Phil Jackson vibes when he was with the Knicks, <laughs> where he's trying to overthink it and trying to you know do some scheme, but really it's hurting the players. Um, I didn't like it one bit and, uh, you know, God willing, RJ's okay, but fuck man. Like that, that didn't need to happen. Nah, let You're, it out, bro. No, no time for diplomacy right now. This is, this is RJ up, we're talking about. This is we RJ. Were, <laughs> we let were it out. up 15. You brought in the rest of your starters. Fine. You want to think you, you got to run in you with, with about, you know, four or five minutes left. That was fair. But then he took Randall, Alec. And I forgot who else out. And he kept RJ in there. It made no sense. I get it. He's 21 years old. But he he logged in, what, 72 minutes in the past couple of games. And now he's playing in Denver, which is which is known league-wide as the hardest place or one of the hardest places to play, especially on a back-to-back game on the road. I mean, you know, once you start logging in those minutes, players tend to get tired and they're less careful. And you start getting fatigued. And that's, I'm sure, what happened to RJ. He is human after all. And didn't he have COVID? Um, I mean, he was in quarantine and yeah. like he was out for games, so he might have had the COVID, the beast. He might he have did. had the mark of the beast inside him. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, you got like all the points he laid out, and it's fucking Denver. The the elevation, you know, the famously, it's like super tough on road teams because you know they're they're higher out there, yeah. figuratively and literally. And we saw what happened. To your point, bro. Like. And- Jesus. People are going to point to freak accidents happening left and right. Yes, absolutely, they do happen. But it's not considered a freak accident when your team is down 15 points and you have, you know, a minute or two left. This, this happened <laughs> to what, 30 seconds left in the game or some shit like that? Like that, yeah. that yeah. at that point, that's on the coach. And that's on our our head coach, Tibbs, for doing that. So, nah, man, if some shit happens to RJ, knock on wood, it's on Tibbs. 100,000%. Yeah. No one else. And. Yo, I, like I said at the top, like I'm a Tibbs fan. I do have respect for his resume, but like, and then, I, I, but then at the same time, I've never held it against folks that are frustrated with like what he won't do. He's not experimental. He's not gonna be. He's rigid in his ways. If you heard me, as you've heard me say many times on on this show, and then I always figured, okay, that's cool because he's gotten success. He's only gonna try to get successful or achieve success with his own principles, his own personal kind of like tenets. Or the game of basketball, you know what I mean? He always we we talk about it all the time, but this right here is where it all you know cost him in the fucking a- in, in in the end. You know what I mean? Like it bit him in the ass. Like P believes that you know there is no such thing as overplaying young guys, especially you know and you know famously Derrick Rose. You know what we saw what happened with him twenty twelve. And then RJ, the thing about like the RJ minutes thing, I saw some no shots at anybody in particular, but I did see some stupid fans who are just like, look at RJ, like you know he's young, but when are we gonna say stop saying that you know that he's only twenty one, he's he's looking like sluggish out there, and I'm just like he's allowed to be tired, you know what I mean? Like it's he's allowed to be tired. Then what happened that same night? Exactly what we're talking about right now. So you know, like you said, I think it was Bagley or I mean I saw Nick's PR, the PR account tweeted it out just basically he's doubtful and. That scared me right away because if it was like a just a slight tweak to the ankle or just a, just a regular sprained ankle, I feel like it would be what, like a questionable, you know, ice that shit up, They'll elevate say day it. To day. They'll th- yeah, they would, exactly. They would have thrown that in there just to get everyone to calm down. Yeah, but I'm worried like, you know, what if it's like a, I, I, you know, 
it didn't look that bad, but you never know. What if it was like a high ankle sprain? We don't know. We're not doctors. You know what I mean? And those those can be like week to week or consecutive week kind of injuries. So hoping for the best. But yeah, man. Um, let me just circle back then. So you know, we're mad about the single, this isolated incident with Tibbs and what happened with RJ. But generally, where you at with him right now? I kind of feel like I've kind of shown that I'm, you know, doing a heel turn on him. But where you at with him right now? <laughs> um. Like, we're, we're so fixated on the fact that RJ is injured that we're not even talking about the loss. We're not really even thinking about it. At this point, we've reached the point where <laughs> we've, accept, it. we've accepted it. You know, the Knicks-Ls have become a common situation for this for this year's Knicks. And that, that you know, it's the head coach that is going to take the brunt of it. Um, and, and Randall. And, you know, Randall has turned it around the past couple of games. And I'd like to think that Tibbs is a reason for getting him into that mental point. But, you know, we're, we're always episode in, episode out. We're finding reasons to at least back up Tibbs and say that's probably office politics for these rotations or it's, it's the veterans being showcased. And if that's the case, then Leon Rose has his own problem that he's going to have to deal with real soon. But right now, I'm going to assume that it's these rotations keeping Kemba in for these extended third quarter periods. That's going to be on Tibbs. At the, at the end of the day, he's the head coach of the team. He's responsible for getting you know, the most out of his players. And if t- if what he's getting out of Kemba Walker is, you know, him coming in. The, last night against the Nuggets, the Knicks were down 10 points, and Kemba Walker came in, and within two minutes, the, the Nuggets were gone on a 12-0 run, two mm. terrible turnovers, got his ankles broken, smiled on that play. It's And we saw that in the Grizzlies game. We saw it in, in a couple of games in the last two weeks. And I don't know who he's showcasing Kemba for at this point. I, I don't know I don't know what the point is. Who, who the hell China. would want Kemba after seeing it? China, probably. I don't yeah. even know if they want him at this point. You know what I mean? Like, th- that that I'm putting on tips. And these L's that we've been getting the past couple of weeks on games that could have been winnable, honestly. We could have been in the Grizzlies. We could have been in the Lakers. We should have been in the Lakers, honestly. And this, Yeah, we uh, blew that lead. That was straight up on tips. That was, ugh. And the Jazz game wasn't too far off, but, you know, these these are winnable games. At that point, I'm putting that, I'm putting that on Tibbs. Yeah, because, I mean, you brought up I'm, the I'm Lakers pivoting. game. I'm pivoting. I'm there. I'm at that point. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I'm like, uh, kind of like Big you ready Show. To I'm, like, off I'm like in and out. I'm like in and out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like you seeing me jump off a cliff and you're just like, low. See, you seeing me drop and you're just like pondering whether you should join me or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Um... <laughs> But no, nah, I mean, in my in our last episode, I was more so putting the angst on Julius and cre- like like you said, credit to him for turning turning it around because his numbers the last three games is like thirty, ten, and six. Mm-hmm. That's what Julius we're used to. That's he's looking much more decisive. He's looking better. So, that you know, it's only good. fair that I shit on him or we shit on him. He gets the credit for playing better. We haven't won, but I don't think he has been the issue as you know has been the case for most of the season. It's mostly been Tibbs, his flaws just coming coming you know to fruition and i'm i'm just fucking tired of it because like you brought up the lakers game and i want to we're not going to do like a game by game breakdown but this is just in the context of the whole tibbs conversation when the lakers went small tibbs did not bro and i feel like that it, when we're up that high and i know he's not the time like that's i hate the fact that i have to keep throwing that caveat out there that it's just like we acknowledge the level-headed people like us we acknowledge tibbs's faults and constraints but when those constraints are so clearly keeping you from like obvious answers or obvious wins, it gets fucking annoying. Like I can respect Tibbs is like uh, uh, commitment to his ideology, but yo, you see the Lakers go small, just fuck it. Put Julius at the five, bro. Match him up w- with LeBron when they put LeBron at the five. 
He didn't do that fucking shit, bro. He kept Kemba in at that third quarter when it was like a complete disaster unfolding before our eyes. Oh. It, it, I don't know, bro. It's like, uh, what are your thoughts on all that, bro? Like the going small oh thing, God. bro. Like it's it's like a cliche at this point. But yo, it's the NBA in 2022. I'm tired of having to make excuses for a 65 year old man that definitely knows more than I do. I never coached the NBA, so I guess I'm not allowed to critique him. But I can, you know, as a spectator, get let my observations and thoughts know and known. And this guy's just. Pissing me off now with this shit, bro. What I can say is that, you know, come two years from now when Tibbs is no longer the head coach of the Knicks and we look back at this time and try to figure out what happened, it's probably going to be some weird dynamic between him and the front office that we never knew about. You know, stories are going to break out. Stephen Bonney's going to break it out. Mark Berman's going to be all over it. Um, the, yeah. the, the, the oh, Berman especially. Yo, you know? Yeah, if exactly. If there's some shit to be thrown, he's jumping headfirst into that pile of shit, bro. Because it may... It makes no sense. If you were to tell me a year ago that Tibbs is keeping Kemba Walker, and even though he's terrible at defense, and he's the reason why Malik Monk is shooting basket after basket and causing turnovers and keeping him in the game, I tell you you're crazy. But the fact yeah. that it's actually happening happening before our eyes, game in, game out, tells me that it's more than Tibbs, but he has to have the balls, and Tibbs is the guy to have the balls to do something about it, but it doesn't seem that way right now. To, to make that switch and bench him again. He did it before. Why not do it again? Especially, he's playing, Kemba's playing worse now than he did earlier in the season, in my eyes. And he's yeah. cost us some, some key victories right now. So, I don't know. What, what, what was the question? I, no, I think we're just, just generally having a bit session about Tibbs because rightfully fucking so. And so, Kemba, man. Ke- Kemba yeah, no, right. yeah, Kemba too. It, yeah. It's all – so the thing about – like to your point about Kemba though, like I think what it is is it also speaks to another flaw with Tibbs. Like he fumbled – like it's hindsight 2020 whatever the fuck, but he did fumble the Kemba situation. You know what I mean? Like he benched him, at, but at the same time, Kemba wasn't playing aggressive. We know the story, but he also wasn't being used in a way that we thought he would, like running pick and roll to death. You know what I mean? And that, that's to Tibbs is, you know, his one of his flaws. He's stuck in his ways. He's not that guy. You know what I mean? He's not going to be a pick-and-roll heavy offense guy. He loves that dribble handoff shit. You know what I mean? Where it's like the most basic play you do in 2K and where you don't even know the buttons yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but And, and then <sighs> the thing about, like, his – I thought it was a cliche that a lot of fans – like clung to but his obsession with veterans it's like a meme at this point but i'm I'm getting there now too yeah. you watch what jericho sims does last night in the denver minutes and i know that that game was a lost cause from jump as soon as uh as soon as the fans sat down and the anthem was played that was a game that game was a lost cause <laughs> but like you see what sims can do and their clips floating out there in social media you can see for your own two eyes that, that kid is capable bro so just play yeah. in minutes why the fuck do i gotta keep watching Nerlens noel play bro like, let him be an, a, a, a rum spokesman for another team. Because, you know, shout out to him for getting his back. I saw that, that clip, kind of a wild clip where he's doing, like, a rum ad, and he's, like, holding a basketball above mad, like, glass. And I'm interesting direct, director choice there because that shit <laughs> could get dangerous, bro. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, bro, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. We could – you want to talk about the trade that happened that also kind of sent – you know, Nick Sorter is always on edge, but that oh, shit just—you <laughs> want to—you want to talk about the uh, the big trade that happened and kind of lay it out for the listeners before we kind of give our we takes and how it pertains right to the Knicks. This is, these are old school, a lot to, uh, late yeah. late twenty ten Knicks vibes right here. This is this is that 2019, oh, 2020 Knicks vibes right here. <laughs> it's about it's about that time. It's a <laughs> scary hours in the in a very bad way. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, at this point, I the think Knicks are a lost. It was cause, a Sabonis for but... Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
You got the trade details laid out or in front of you? Because I can look it up right now real quick. I do not have it in front of me, but in general, the while you pull it up, the uh, the Kings and the Pacers had a trade uh, for Sabonis pretty much highlighting the, the side of the Pacers and um, Aaron Holiday and uh, Je- Jeremy Lamb, I believe, and the Kings gave up. Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton, the ultra-talented point guard out of Sacramento, who everyone thought would be the franchise player, and now he is Indiana's franchise player, the best player that they've had pretty much since Paul George was on the team. The Kings got flipped. Best prospect, I'd say. Not best. Best prospect, fair. Wait, Paul George? Yeah, best prospect, yeah. yeah. Fair. Because you talk about the Pacers or Kings? Oh, either way, yeah, the Kings did his... Did a stupid thing. So I'm going to have to claim victory, brother. You was just like, when the Kings have ever had a bad trade? I was dumbfounded when you said that on a previous <laughs> episode we had. Well, there you go. Exhibit 128,000. Touché. Long line of Kings transactional errors. But, I mean, I guess if they're committed to keeping Fox, then, yeah, you, you get yourself a quote-unquote all-star big man to pair Fox with. And, you know, hopefully you guys make a run for the play-in. But then I don't know if they're going to keep Fox because I see like rumors that there's another move coming with the Kings and they're trying to really strip down the whole roster. But I guess you want me to dig into how like this kind of relates to the a general angst amongst Knicks fans, or do you want to get to that first? Because <laughs> I kind of get my take on the on the trade first. So I want to get your. What do you think about? I think the trade overall was great for the Pacers if we're talking specifically just the Halliburton and it's a bonus one, but. Um, I think a lot of Knicks fans were, were frustrated, bro, all day, including myself, because you see Halliburton getting traded, and it basically insinuated that the Knicks probably could have had a great chance on getting Halliburton on this team. And, um, you know, people are going to point to the fact that the Knicks could have drafted him last season, but we went with Obi, but I don't really like that. I don't think that's fair to Obi because he hasn't had that chance to really showcase what he's capable of doing with the same kind of minutes that, that Tyrese has been getting. But... What, what it tells me is that Randall and Sabonis are, I think they're kind of neck and neck. I think I'd give the edge to Randall as far as, far as overall talent goes, but they're kind of the same player. And, um, you know, it would have been great to make that trade. Despite Randall playing well the last couple of games, I think what we saw for most of this season is what we see with Randall. And, um, you know, to a lot of Knicks fans who are complaining, they just don't get it. They just don't understand why the Kings wouldn't take Randall over Sabonis, but the fact of the matter is that they, other, you know, front offices see what we see with Randall, and as far as that goes, why would you take Julius Randall over Sabonis if, on paper, they might be about the same? And Julius did have that great season last season, but you know, when you're gonna make a gamble like that, where you're gonna trade away Halliburton, you want to make sure you get the the best player, best bang for the buck, and Randall has, you know, inefficient is really kind of a microcosm of what it is, but it's, it's could be much deeper than that but Sabonis is a safer bet so I kind of understand why the Kings would go with Sabonis I just don't get why they would give up Halliburton um but I think I'd give it you know like an A plus to the Pacers and I'd give that like a fucking C minus or a D plus to the Kings very generous to the Kings <laughs> very um but no I feel like your kind of summary of just why Knicks fans were upset I don't know if I'm completely all the way there with them just because the reporting around kind of the Knicks perspective or um, angle of this deal is kind of conflicting reports. I know Windhorse said that uh, Julius Randle wouldn't have gotten it done for that package 
But then Bagley said that uh, the Knicks and Kings were talking about a Julius Randle trade before the Sabonis deal happened. In Bagley's latest article today, he dropped that um, uh, it would m- mean uh, a Julius Randle to a Sacramento deal wouldn't be logical at this stage because of the deal that they, they just completed. So there's that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... I don't sound like we're just like kind of echoing each other here, you know, just just agreeing with each other to agree. But yeah, I mean, if we're just going off of this season, Sabonis is a better asset. You know what I mean? Obviously, I don't want to say asset because I I hate kind of like how that's framed talking about players. But Sabonis is better than Julius this season. That's true. And but last season it was kind of like Julius was the better one because we we bought into his jumper being you know real. It's not. It's it's streaky at best. So if if that deal was on the table. For, for us, hypothetically speaking, we don't know. We're fans. But if it was and Leon turned it down, then yeah, I'm pissed because I don't want to seem like I'm in a rush to give all, give you know, just give Julius away like we're back in like before the 2020 season, you know, which doesn't seem that long ago, but it actually feels like forever ago at the same time. But yeah, I feel like that deal right there kind of accomplishes everything you'd want. It kind of you get like a young complimentary building block. That I feel like Halliburton would fit really well with RJ with what we've seen so far, and Absolutely. healed and healed his you know his contract is not you know I mean we got the Evan Fournier contract so who are we to say that healed's contract is ugly but it could be a nice bench piece you know I would I wouldn't have been mad and I'd assume in a in a hypothetical framework of that deal for us it would have been what Randall Kemba and like Burks going away to Sacramento or not even Burks they got like what they got Tris. They, did they get a big man from uh no they got obviously Sabonis but who, what else did they get from the Kings they got Justin uh, Holiday they got and Jeremy Aaron, Lamb Aaron Holiday and uh, Jeremy Lamb no Aaron Holiday's on the Wizards bro is he no I'm pretty yeah sure Justin Holiday bro Justin Holiday bro the older brother right, you're clearly keep, keep wrong on this you keep talking let me no you're stuff. clearly wrong it's Justin Holiday and fucking you know Jeremy what? Lamb I'll take your word for it you do live in that area you probably seen him play live. Indiana, what kind of geography? You see, when they said no child left behind, they fucking lied. You <laughs> proof positive right here. Taking Indiana, DC, yeah, bro. I could go down the street get a cup of sugar no, no, from no, Larry no. Bird. No, no, Indiana. no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Wizards. You said the Wizards. No, I mean Aaron Holiday. That the trade happened like a year ago. No, regardless, right. Justin Holiday. So it was Sabonis at two wing pieces. So realistic, I guess it would be for us would be Julius Burks and fucking. Kemba to Kings and if, the, if that was a deal that we could have had or could have been we don't know probably wasn't I'll, I would be mad but at this stage who knows dreadlines tomorrow there's still time to be mad um but you know I feel like this could be you know we just talked about the biggest trade but this I feel like this to close out our episode not to close out but just like this this topic deserves some good attention and people are pissed at Leon bro the Leon Rose regime is coming under fire from fellow Knicks fans um what's your what's your takeaway on that let's let's just do like a no. quick assessment of the leon rose era uh just revisiting who's the takeaway dude that so they, far who's the dude that they just hired as a consultant oh the horny cartoon wolf not to <laughs> not to get not to get my uh that sh- the man that was uh you know doing the <laughs> i can't even say it anything he was doing, right he, he was doing e- extracurricular activities with an employee on the clock this is just leave it at that. But yeah, Gerson Rosas is a consultant. You want to talk about that? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, how does that fit into nothing? What's nothing, going on with Leon? Nothing personal to him, but it's it's crazy when that post came out about him being hired because he's a solid hire. You know, 
all extracurriculars no, yeah. aside, just basketball <laughs> wise um, and logistics wise, he's he's a good hire for the Knicks. And all these all these Knicks players, all these Knicks fans are going crazy. They're like, "How are you bringing on these other guys and not making trades for players? We still got Randall on the team. Why are you making these moves for consultants? Like as if making a move for basketball operations is bad." Like it's the as if multitasking isn't a thing. The, like they could be doing both. I, I I could add somebody to my team while still doing my work. That's literally how corporate America fucking works. But yo, we, we all over the place, man. Like check on your local <laughs> Knicks fan, man. We're we're all over the place. Mental health check. Um, mental health check, absolutely. Um, I like the hire. Um, but as far as Leon Rose goes, I can't be down on the guy. We've seen Knicks regimes time in time out. Do the absolute most garbage thing for win now moves that have cost us, you know, years of our lives of just shitty basketball. And Leon, in his first year, had provided us the best basketball that we had seen in nearly a decade. So I'm gonna uh, he holds that credit. That is in his resume. And it's only been a couple of months. It's been it's been six months since then. It hasn't even been a you know half season yet since that time where he had a very successful season. So no, I'm not I'm not down on Leon yet. Um, if I find out later that the only reason why we have Kemba playing the minutes that he's playing is because he's putting pressure on Tibbs, uh, then you know then that's a different story. But no, I think I think the work that Leon is doing and the work that Worldwide West has been doing so far has been great. But well, we don't even know what Worldwide West is doing. That's he's true. In shadows. That's true. Now, this trade deadline and this off upcoming off season is going to be important because. We only know about connections that these guys have. They have endless connections. I, I need to see more of these connections being made. You know what I mean? Like, I want to give it a couple of years before I'm going to say I'm down, but I want to say within the next two seasons, we got to see at least one nice big move that they've made, at least whether it's through free agency or, you know, getting landing some form of superstar because yeah. of their connections. That, that has to be there somewhere. But as far as smart moves so far, I'm not, I'm not down on them. Not yet. Yeah, and I just want to let me just play a little devil's advocate to speak to some of the folks that may be frustrated with Leon. You know, you, the fourth seed, that's definitely an accomplishment. We, nobody expected it. Vegas didn't expect it. But then, you, you know, COVID season, weird ass season. A lot of weird things happened within like since March 2020, both in the NBA world and in the real world, since March 2020 until now. It's shit's been out of sorts. Like, you had the bubble playoffs, the bubble, the LA Fitness Championship. Then you had, you know, obviously the COVID empty arena season. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the, the organization as a whole, I feel like, deserves credit for navigating such tricky kind of situations and, you know, leading to success. Obviously, you know, they got the trophy, the hardware to prove it now, the Coach of the Year trophy, most improved, yada, yada, yada. But as far as devil's advocate, it just feels like, you know, some people out there saying he's too conservative. They're saying that, like, you know, why did we sign Fournier? Why is, you know, Kemba and Fournier were the two marquee, obviously, pickups this season. Um and then, you know, a lot of folks out there are even saying, why hasn't Mitch been resigned yet? But, you know, that's the devil's advocate part playing. But generally, I'm not willing to be mad at Leon just because in, you know, the greater context. He got here March 2020, I think, right? Literally, ironically enough, right? Mm -hmm. No? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then yeah. this is literally his second trade deadline ever as the president of basketball operations. <laughs> you know what I mean? His second trade deadline ever as the president of the Knicks basketball operations. And people are getting ready to boot this man. And a fair point to go back to put my devil's advocate hat back on is people saying, like, you can't grade Leon on the curve because the people behind him or pre his prior or his predecessors were garbage. You know what I mean? 
that's just kind of like at what point does that grace period end for leon you know because just because he had a whole trail of bullshit behind him doesn't mean he's technically doing a good job but i you know that's what they're saying but i'm I'm more on your side but what do you say to that you know what i mean are we saying are we being too soft on leon are you being too soft on leon let's do some introspection Uh, this is not me talking this is me speaking for the the you know the beleaguered and angered Knicks fans i mean listen leon rose isn't a basketball genius like that you know what i mean oh his (laughs) job his job uh, and his job is a businessman at the end of the day, and we have to think of the Knicks in his eyes as a business, at least the way mm. I see it. He, mm. it. That's the way you should think of it as a basketball, you know, president of basketball operations. And the Knicks has been a fi- have been a failing business since basically t- for the past 20 years. And no matter who took over as, let's say, quote-unquote CEO, president, whatever, they've all failed to get this mm. business back on track until some guy, you know, a couple of guys did in 2013 when, you know, failed again. And now Leon Rose is reaching that point where he's stabilizing the company to at least meet, you know, uh, non-losing. Uh, it may not be profitable, but it's at least not, you know, going downwards. So he's at least leveled it out. And it's a, again, it's a multi-billion dollar, multi-million dollar business. So you need at least two years to stabilize a franchise or a business. And then afterwards, you need that's when you start showing the profit come in. And we've yeah. seen companies in the past where they would be losing for many years and they'll come out on top and then they'll succeed. I mean, Amazon started off as, you know, he was taking debt in year in, year out, and you wouldn't even you wouldn't care about that now. Now that you see how far he's profited. And there are plenty of other companies like Apple that has done that with Tim Cook. Not Tim Cook, uh, fucking Steve Jobs. So yeah. Yeah. Leon Rose, his job right now was to at least stabilize them. I want to say next season or maybe even the season after, I'll give him until then to start showing us some profit. You know, that's that's those are star players coming in. That's the you know, the good contracts, the contract extensions, the you know, the valid coach that we have and just a culture. And he's doing that so far. So, um, no, I I don't think I don't think I don't think we're giving too much of a curve yet. But I think he he's earned at least getting another year of that kind of curve to at least keep us stable. Right. Fuck that devil's advocate now. Devil's devil's advocate shit now. Actually, no. One last thing. People there. You know, there's also a general sentiment, like, what do you say to, like, what do you, like, just, I saw people just, like, kind of, like, oh, why are we, you know, to your point that you raised earlier about us hiring Gerson Rosas, whose resume seems to be impeccable. I saw NBA writers and NBA nerds, like, for years talk about, talk this guy up before, you know, he completely shit on his reputation by being way too horny in the office. But, you know, he's got that <laughs> resume, he's got that reputation, he comes from the Mo- Daryl Morey tree, take that as you will, because there seems to be people out there that hate that dude's guts, too. Um, I'm indifferent, but with that, you know, that sentiment that like, yo, why is Leon hiring this person? Why is he hiring this and that person? You can't just, there seems to be a sentiment that like Leon isn't a basketball guy, but then you can't get mad at him for surrounding himself with experience and smart folks. Exactly. That's good management 101. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't be mad at that Read shit, bro. Read a fucking bro. book. Right? <laughs> you getting mad. You getting disrespectful. <laughs> but no, I mean, generally, yeah, it's just. I think that's a good thing. You have somebody that who's plugged in, who, you know, is has connections around the league to add to your little think tank, quote unquote, is how I like to coin, you know, the team Leon built. And I think it is only a good thing. And just for, what you know, just to touch on what you talk about, like, I, I also agree we're not grading him on a curve. But I will be upset, not even going to lie, if we don't do anything in this trade deadline. At the very least, we need to buy out Kemba if we can't that's get right. rid of him. Yeah. We need to, like, find a taker for Burks because I know... Evan's been playing a lot better the last two months. I'll give him that credit. So I'm not even in the trade Evan bandwagon. I 
if a deal comes up, I love it. It seems the Knicks are actively trying to shop him too. So, but I'm not expecting him to get moved. But at the very least, if Burks and Kemba are gone, and even Noel, I'll be a happy camper because then Cam gets his minutes. Um, Deuce McBride may possibly make a return to the rotation. You know, and then we got D-Rose coming back at the end. And not to say I'm an optimist to that level of like, hey, let's push for that, you know, that 10 seed, that play-in. But at, at the trade, trade deadline, speaking of that specifically, that would be, you know, not to like a solid C-plus, bare minimum mass trade deadline. Yeah. But if he does nothing, then yeah, I'm not going to say I'm going ha- to have my pitchfork out as well, but I'm going to be, you know, annoyed. And but Let just me, I wanted to, yeah go ahead, go ahead. I want to throw back and you know you could continue your point I want to throw back the question that you had asked me you know in the middle of your devil's devil's advocate and I think it's a pretty simple answer but I'm gonna throw it to you anyway when people when folks you know talk about Leon Rose's quote unquote mistakes by hiring not hiring but signing Evan Fournier to that contract and signing Kemba Walker and that being a big mistake what's and then your, the Burks deal and, and then the Noel deal, deal and the Noel deal what you know let's let's hear your take take on that in addition to what oh else you're I mean. There are people out there that are saying that are kind of clowning the kind of perspective that I'm gonna say I'm, I hate that shit like not people but like there's a sentiment out there that you know uh, that the folks that were saying these deals that we did sign in the summer they were they were supposed to be movable right they're supposed to be good good deals that like can be used later that's because of how they were structured and now there are people that are kind of like shitting on that point like oh if they were so movable how come they're still on the team it was all like I don't know if how people you know kind of don't get it that like this is literally the first year of every one of these deals the value is going to be seen next year when burks noel and kemba they have team options fournier is the only one of that batch that has three years on his deal everybody else is two years kemba is basically essentially a one-year deal and is a team option next year i think right or no if it's a flat two-year deal he's he's essentially an expiring contract next year Burks is essentially an expiring contract next year. Noel is an essentially an expiring contract last year. So it was never about this deadline being the spot where you know, we could just like you know trade these guys for whatever we want. It's always this offseason and in the coming deadline where those deals would be very, very fucking movable. Because no matter what, as long as I followed the fucking NBA, and if you're a hardcore fan, you probably realize this, even if you're not really into the transaction game like that, Expiring contracts are valuable in deals, either in packages or just straight up for getting yourself a good player. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that that my whole point, my whole perspective on those contracts. I'm not, I'm not shitting on that idea that they were movable contracts. I still think they're good deals, and I still think Brock Allard did his damn thing on those deals. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's what do you think of them? Like, do you agree, or do you think just like you're 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 thinking like they're it's bullshit that the whole movable deal idea? No, I'm with you 100 percent on the movable, you know, movable contract idea, and just how, you know, again, hindsight is 2020. I don't think you can find too many people who are complaining about the signs when we made them because on paper. No, there was uh, there was people, you know, hating Fournier, and I kind of get that. You know, he has a reputation. It it made sense on paper what what the idea was, what the vision yeah, was. Yeah. I think I want to say most of us, including including myself. I don't want to speak for both of us, but um, I think if you go on past episodes, you know, we're both kind of you know had positive feelings about it because he was able to do on paper things that Reggie Bullock could not do, and Kemba Walker yeah. could do the things that Alfred Payton could not do. Um, but looks like you know it's not always the case, and I think it's more on Kemba than Fournier. Um, so no, I'm I, I think on. He he made the moves that a lot of us agreed with at the time, and I'm not gonna go back and say that was it, you know those are terrible moves because you know Kemba Walker that was pretty much a discounted deal that we got from him and we could you know pay him out yeah, any day I mean, and Fournier it's still a solid contract it's not, I don't think it's a terrible contract to be honest 
Yeah, if I could take it from there, it's just basically like, yeah, to your point, it's like they weren't terrible moves at the time, and this is the wor- this is the worst case scenario with those moves, especially Kemba. You know, so like they made a they made a good move. I feel like their process was good, and then the result ended up not ideal. That happens. Now it's like how they assess, reassess, and it seems like they're reassessing properly because if reports are to believe that they're already shopping Fournier in his first year of this deal, then they already know that they're not really like buying into him as being a part of this team's short-term future or tied to the short-term future and i dig that um you know it's been reported that mitch is you know they're talking to mitch's reps about a contract extension this summer that's dope that's a positive thing to take away so you know i guess we could close out of here but maybe just one last question no no, no, i I had one last question just flip let's not to like close it out but just big question i have or last question i got in my mind is like what do you think happens tomorrow like is there one deal you think out of all the possibilities that's happening unless you had something to hit on but that's kind of where i wanted to go next it's just do we what's the deal we make tomorrow i want to i think it's a good closing one i want to just throw a question in you know just in between because i think yeah, shoot, we don't get to shoot. talk about him enough but he's a heavy topic as cam reddish a lot of people oh. a lot of people have problems with the fact that tibbs isn't playing cam and mm-hmm. they see him as, I guess, a generational superstar who has to get minutes. Did who... you see the news today, though? You see the news that, like, they're taking calls about Cam, too? Yeah. Like, and I wanted to throw that in there, too. They're taking calls there. So now you have all these people with their pitchforks and, you know, torch lights <laughs> ready to burn down Madison Square Garden if something happens to the two minutes that Cam Reddish gets. It's, I think it's wild. Me, personally, I think it's wild that the reactions that we're getting from certain fans on Cam Reddish, I think he's no doubt... A potentially high caliber player but I don't think he's at that level yet I think we just have so many players in the rotation there's no room for him and the front office is trying to make moves to get those same players like Alec Burks and Fournier you know maybe moved just to open up minutes for Cam which is fine but there's so many people who before the past couple of games were ready to have that push for tips to get fired because Cam wasn't getting those minutes (laughs) so where are you on that boat how do you feel about Cam Reddish not getting the kind of minutes that a lot of people want him to get right now, which is probably like 30, 35 minutes a game and being, you know, thrown into the, the trade talks. To, it was kind of like when that report came out today of like they're taking calls on Cam or not even shopping him. Maybe they're shopping him. I don't know who the fuck knows. But when that came out today, I felt like like motherfuckers was just throwing gas on the fire. You know what I mean? And it was just like a big fucking supernova of just anger at Leon and Tibbs. Tibbs for not playing Cam, to your point. And Leon for even how dare he fucking even think about flipping Cam for another asset. That's what we've seen so far. And that's what we gave them props for since, you know, Leon came on board. There's a genuine, especially with Brock Eiler in tow, there's a genuine kind of like process here where they flip assets you know what i mean they, if they have an opportunity to flip something for something they're going to do it even if it's small along the margins that's so good franchises do not saying we're a good franchise clearly you look at our record right now we're trying to move away from being dog shit franchise you know last year's season definitely helped with removing that kind of stench but you know it comes back quick when you get mired in you know mediocrity like we are right now but yeah, that's what the front office does. They flip assets. So I get the, you know, actually not even, I don't even get like what Cam has done to the point where you could be that sentimental about him. Like having, being a camera to stand is some wild shit to me right now. Like what, <laughs> like he's, cool, he's promising. He's cool. He has like a nice smooth, like his aesthetic, like watching him play. He, he looks like a smooth, like Hooper. You know what I mean? Like I dig it, but it's potential at this point. And I'm not going to be mad at the front office for taking calls on a, like on an asset to possibly get another asset, you know? 
And there's even like people need to chill out because they even said that like because he got traded within season, Cam can't be combining another deal. So it's very unlikely he will get moved. But you can't be like tight at the fact that they, you know, have have exploratory conversations about maybe turning him into another first. You know what I mean? Maybe a better first than the highly protected one we got. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, bro. I see you laughing at shit because, like, you get, it's funny to me. It's funny to us, but I don't know. <laughs> Yo, like, <laughs> There's something different. There's something in the water with, with Cam Reddish, bro. I don't know. There's oh, like, I've something getting, about him. Something about Cam. I put a DM for I put a story up for it, and I've been getting DMs from people who are who are saying that, yo, if Cam gets traded, Tip's got to get fired. I'm like, well, like that's I'm, that's the thing. That's the that's what this that's the straw I'm that like, breaks the camel's I, back. And I just respond back. I'm like, I'm like, you know, Tibbs doesn't make these moves, right? They're like, no, but he's the reason why they're getting traded because he didn't want Cam in the first place. I'm like, fuck, they don't give a shit what Tibbs wants clearly because they, if Tibbs didn't want, you know, if he apparently didn't want him in the first place, they wouldn't have traded for him. But it's, yeah, the stand, the the Cam stands make no sense to me. I think he's a great player. People call. I've seen the word generational talent. That wasn't. <laughs> I didn't make that shit up. Which I generation? Saw, I, <laughs> what generation? What? <laughs> he's a good player. He could be solid. He could have, you know, he could potentially have all star potential. But he's not. He's just not at that level yet. The minutes that he does play, he's not exactly, playing. You know, bro. he's not. He's not doing anything that's crazy. And the, granted, he's playing a couple of minutes, but he's doing nothing. When, in those couple of minutes, he's not grabbing rebounds. Yeah, I mean, you see flashes, out. and that's that's all that Cam's career has been to this point. Like, we're, we were excited about the deal because, like, oh, okay, we get now, like, you know, Knox is going to be out of here this summer anyway. Now we got another year of a young, promising player to see possibly develop, and he was cool. You know, he has ties to RJ. That's cool. That was a, it was an indication that they could possibly be prioritizing building around RJ. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these are, when you're a pragmatic you know, a decision maker, and when you have multiple people, multiple voices in the room, I feel like as a good management team would, and you can take all perspectives in tow, you know, or into consideration, rather, you you can't be fucking just rigid in how you think. I know, and it's ironic enough, because Tibbs is our coach, Mr. Rigidity himself, yeah. you know what I mean? But I also want to, like, this the idea that fans are just, like, offended at the thought that Tibbs would even have a say in personnel what the fuck you expect bro leon's been this man's agent for like 25 years <laughs> the fuck did you you're just gonna expect like leon just gonna block our head coach just like put him on do not disturb like like they walk into a conference room tips try to tell in and leon's just gonna close he close the door like the fucking michael scott gift with the old with, with the old dude you remember that? you know what i'm talking about yeah no like obviously tip is gonna have a voice but that doesn't mean he's the only voice and it's like i'm it's like talking about like two plus two equals four shit right now like, I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad at our head coach with years of experience who has ties to everybody in our front office, basically, <laughs> for having a voice in what moves we make. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the buck stops with Leon. Dolan signs the checks, but Dolan is at the stage where he he's hands-off now. What we always wanted, he'd get a basketball mind in, be hands-off. He did that shit with Phil until he had to step in because Phil was wilding. Now, Leon, he's letting Leon do his thing. He's letting Leon cook, and... Yeah, I get that. I get the angst. You know, it's not good to lose. Losing, you know, we talk about, you know, fans out there to put on my devil's advocate shit again. We'll get on that shit again. Fans out there will be talking to you probably be like, we're sports fans. Like, fuck how a business is or whatever. But at the end of the day, there is that business aspect that plays into the product you see on the court. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I dig it. Like, losing sucks. But nobody would be mad at the front office if, like, we had won, like, half the games. We just played it in the last 10 games. You know what I mean? But we didn't. So now we're mad and and shots being fired everywhere. And I'm not saying don't bitch. I'm not saying don't, have you know, go on make your own podcast to whine about the Knicks. Because that's why the fuck we're here. We're non-experts. Right. We're just regular guys getting our shit off, too. But that's just my perspective on 
just a general angst. I'm just in a roundabout way. I ain't I ain't off of the Leon Rose regime yet. I'm still rocking with them. I'm still thinking. I still have some level of faith in them. And we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, to go back to my question, you, you remember what I said. Like, just what's the... If there's one move that happens tomorrow that comes out on the pipeline that we see, you know, on the, the Woj bomb ticker, what do you expect it to be for the Knicks? Probably Alec Burks. One of Alec Burks or Nerlens Noel being traded. Um, mm. I don't think, I definitely don't think there's a Julius Randle move to be made right now. Um, they're probably going to wait till the summer to revisit that. And uh, Kemba's not going to get traded. He'll probably get, you know, you know, paid out of his contract. And, um, that's it, man. We're not going to see anything major anymore. I think they might re- revisit the Randall, um, you know, option in the summer, and then Malcolm Brogdon might be an option in the summer. But I think they're going to ride with what they got. And I think uh, there's probably we're probably going to see a lot of the, at least a couple of the vets go, and we're going to see a youth movement for the next couple of months because the Knicks are not going to make the playoffs, and they're gonna mm. they're probably going to push uh, tips to get more out of Cam and Obi and RJ. And IQ, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. We're probably, yeah, we're, we're probably gonna end up. How many, what's our record right now? 20? Garbage and medi- mediocre. What's shit it? sandwich. I don't know. All right, we're probably gonna end up in the low thirties or some shit at this point. <laughs> you know? And maybe this could. Uh, nah, you know, I'm not even gonna put it out there. I was gonna say something about the lottery and the odds and the luck. I'm not even gonna put that shit out there. But do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a yeah. fair, fair prediction. Um, me, I'm gonna get a little more spicy with it. I think somehow, some way. Could be multi-team deal. Maybe I'll even tie in your prediction. I think it'll be a deal that somehow involves a multi-team deal that somehow involves Noel and Burks and I don't know. Maybe a Kemba. Maybe the stockpile seconds. We somehow end up with Jalen Brunson. I'm just, you know, I just feel like the ties are there. And you know, there are those reports out of Dallas that you know, or you know, Mark Cuban will not let Jalen Brunson go. But I've We've seen billionaires lie through their fucking teeth with a camera in front of them all the time. So, like, I'm not going to take Mr. Mark Cuban at his word, Mr. I had no idea all this sexual harassment was going on right behind me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you kidding me? What? I'm not going to believe that, man. But, yeah, that's my, t- my my take. I think we get a new point guard. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Please, God. Hopefully. Allah, please. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Dallas – I don't know. It's, it'll definitely have to be a multi-team trade because I doubt Dallas is going to once again – do a multiplayer trade with the Knicks and taking all these former Knicks players and put them all on one team. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's how, that's a toxic relationship work though. You keep going back to the one person you don't want to go back to. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I think, yeah, I think we'll close this episode out. Um, make sure you guys check us out on Nick dash ish.com. Uh, we're truly so humbled by the reception we've gotten for the hoodies and the hats that we, we put on for sale. And, uh, Thank you. Thank you all so much for those who purchased it. Um, I know some of the sizes are sold out. We're planning to have, you know, a restock later this month. So stay in tune for that. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Uh, we're tweeting and posting every day. And uh, if you get a chance, give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps us go a long way. Um, ideally both ideally both i don't know if soundcloud got one they might have one if soundcloud has one throw one in there too um, they got the little heart button when you, when you like a track you know what i mean so go go hit that heart button on soundcloud if y'all are still still over there well there you go deviants <laughs> <laughs> all right so we we appreciate you guys thank you so much for making it to this part of the episode uh take care stay safe until next time peace peace <laughs>